Well, friends, welcome to another episode of Create or Die. It's your host, Ike, and we're coming at you with episode number 68. Can you believe it? Just charging right on through these things. <laughs> and in today's episode, we're going to dive a little deep, a little deeper, if you will, into the practicality of design, specifically around branding and how we can brand ourselves, our business, you know, a client, whatever it is. We're going to talk about what that is just from one dude's perspective, you know, kind of pulling from things that I've learned over the years and what's important and, you know, without getting like too important for ourselves. You know how that's possible, how we can be like, oh, look at me, I'm a designer and I, I'm a branding specialist. No, we're not doing that. We're, we're talking about today, the world we live in, the matter of fact, Alex Hermosi style, third grade level, do this, and, and this is why. So if that's something that interests you or you think you can find maybe some value out of that, then please join me on this episode, the branding episode for dummies, if you will. Create or die. So, yeah, here we are. Once again, we're doing our thing. Uh, and, you know, I haven't, I haven't ever taken a moment to call this out. And I think now's as good as any. We've got some awesome contributors to our pod, okay? Obviously, we have some amazing guests that we bring in from time to time and always grateful to them. But I'm talking about the people that make it happen week in, week out. And first and foremost, I want to call out Redick, who's actually my 19-year-old son, who has taken this podcast, the video version, to a whole nother level with his editing expertise. And I say video version, but there's some, <clears throat> excuse me, editing involved in the, uh, in the audio side of things as well, because you're hearing the same audio from what was uploaded as the, the video. So... Redick, you're the man. Thank you for uh, joining me on this journey. Additionally, we have our music maestro uh, and his, his moniker is unpronounceable by the human tongue. I call it wow, 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 but that's wrong, you know. But look him up. It's in the credits. It's in the description. Go check out his SoundCloud for some other awesome, amazing beats, if you will. So props to those guys for helping me produce this podcast for all y'all. Okay? All y'all. So as promised, in this episode, I wanted to get kind of real about branding about branding yourself or branding something bigger than yourself, your business, your client's business, whatever it is. And what does that mean? Now, 
Again, this is not an exercise in, look how smart I am, I'm gonna use all the technical terms and, and processes that will astound you with my vocabulary because we all know that that's, uh, that's not, not impressive. <laughs> what I wanna do is break it down in a way that someone listening to this who has never even thought about branding themselves or their business or what that even is. I mean, because a lot of us, you know, initially it's like, what is your brand? Well, it's my logo, right? When you, when you look at where branding came from in the beginning, it's from back in the day, you know, when ranchers, they had their cattle and cattle would kind of mix up sometimes. Maybe you had a few ranchers working together to move cattle from one point A to point B. And you know, you don't want to be like, no, that's my, that's my cow. That's my steer. Give it to me. You know, it's mine because his name's, his name's Jack. And you can tell just by looking at him, looking at him that that's his name, right? No, we needed some way to mark these animals to show ownership. And so the brand was created, you know, you, if any of you out there watch the series Yellowstone, you know, you look at that Y and like a cross and maybe there's another line in there somewhere, but it was a unique way of doing the Yellowstone's brand. And they would, you know, heat up that iron, and bam, stick that cow with their brand. And initially when you're out in the, in the West, you don't have a little way to funnel them in and protect yourself. So you gotta rope them, get them pinned to the ground, you know, brand them. It hurts, even a cow. And that was a brand. So it's easy for us today, especially if we're new to branding, to think, okay, what's, what's your brand? Well, it's a logo. Okay, you might say, look at your dumb head right now. You've got the create or die skull on your cap, right? And you might say, oh, that must be your brand. But if you've seen my logo, it's got the, the words, the text, create or die, in addition to, <clears throat> you know, this skull, which is actually a pretty small part of the logo. Um, but again, or maybe I'm just saying this for the first time, I lose track of myself, is that is part of your brand, but your logo is not your brand. And I would argue even back in the day, ranches, the even though the brand, you know, you would create a, a brand that would be burned into the hide of, of the cow, even back then, when someone saw the brand of, of a neighboring uh, ranch, something was put into their mind. They either thought, oh wow, that belongs to Mr. Dutton, and <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna be caught dead with one of his cows, or you know, or I'm gonna be dead, right? Because that is what I think of when I think of that brand. When I see that Yellowstone Y, he's the biggest, baddest landowner around, you know, I've heard about how their cowboys are, their crew, I mean, they're tough. They shoot first and, and ask questions later. 
So now that, my friend, is their brand. It's what others think of you. If you're talking about you as a personal brand or of your business or your, your ranch in this example. And so while you can come up with a brand plan and write brand promise and statements about, you know, if, if we were, if you were to take our brand and put it into some famous person, you know, iconomify it. <laughs> I know there's a better word. I've lost it. But, uh, you know, if, if our brand were to be represented by one famous person, who would it be? You know, so somebody might say, oh, it would be, you know, John Wayne. And, uh, and so when someone sees our brand, we want them to think of John Wayne. Or let's think of someone else, someone more modern. You know, when someone looks at our clothing line for women, ages, you know, 17 to 35, we want them to think of Taylor Swift. Like this is where Taylor Swift might, might shop. So you can come up with an idea of like how you want to steer your brand or how you would like people to perceive you. But just by putting that into a brand statement or into your brand guidelines, it doesn't make that your brand. In, in the end, we can't control what others think of us. You know, let's look at some existing brands out there, okay, and, and think about what comes to mind when you think of this brand or that brand. Uh, let's think of, let's just throw one out here. Um, Disney. You know, there was a time when, and don't mean to get political here, but when Disney was, hey, family values, it's Disneyland, um, we are safe, we know we can show our kids any of their films and not be worried about hidden messages that are more adult, or they watch the, the teeny bopper shows on the Disney Channel where it's you know, young kids um, experiencing life. You know, there was a time where it was like, yeah, wholesome family values, but that's changed over the past several years. You know, instead, it's obvious that Disney has an agenda and whether you agree with it or not, you know, me personally, I don't necessarily want my kids exposed to some of that stuff so early on even if you think they might not pick up on it they they do and and i'm not alone there's a lot of parents out there who have decided that you know disney no longer means family values now it means you know the elite the rich and famous are the only ones that can afford to go to the parks right or your you know the the shows you watch or, or that are produced, you know that there's gonna be some kind of undertone of, of something that favors one side of the aisle or the other. And I've gone too deep into this, but you get my meaning, it, it has changed. You know, you think about Pixar, which is part of Disney. It used to be, you know, every Pixar film that was released 
made a billion dollars worldwide. Now, it's like they're just one of uh, 10 other decent studios out there. Why is that? You know, I would argue that they're the founding members, you know, Ed Catmull and John Lasseter, their departure had a big part of it, but it's bigger than that, you know, um, it's bigger than that. And, and it's the world as a whole, things have changed. Um, but the brand has changed as well. So let's get out of this example and into another one. What are some other brands? Okay, you think about McDonald's. Okay, now when McDonald's comes to mind, you're not thinking quality food, you know, the best, and it's gonna win a Michelin star or something. You're th when you think of McDonald's, maybe you're envisioning that perfect Coca-Cola that you know isn't good for you, but if you're gonna drink it, you might as well get it from McDonald's. Or you're thinking about their signature Big Mac, right? There's a lot of bread, which is, you know, too much bread in my opinion, but they got that Big Mac sauce and then that perfect amount of lettuce. And when you're craving a Big Mac, there's only one place to go get it, the Happy Meal. Those are all things that make up the brand. You don't think of McDonald's as you know, the best quality, you think of McDonald's as food out of value, isn't healthy, but it brings a smile to my face and it's a guilty pleasure. And everybody needs a little McDonald's from now and again, right? <laughs> um, but on the flip side, you think of Ruth's Chris which is a high-end steakhouse. It's still a chain, but you know you're going to go in there and you're not going to spend any less than $300 for two people. It's going to be really hard. And, you know, I'm simplifying this, oversimplifying this probably, and, and there's some out there who are true experts that would call out other things. The point I'm trying to get out Again, my opinion is that your brand is not your logo. It's not your color palette. It's not your commercials, but instead it's the perception that others have of you. What, what does the majority of people think about when they think of your brand? And so does that mean we have no control over it, and so therefore, why are we even talking about this? It's just something that happens. Well, yeah, your brand can happen to you, and that is the danger. Because in most cases, it's not going to turn out good. You know, it might, well, you've got the owner, the founder, they have a, perf a specific idea in mind of what the brand is, you know, as they relate with customers, they do it in a certain way, and that customer reciprocates that feeling and, and does it in, in terms of helping to monetize their business or whatever. They, you know, look at um, Chick-fil-A. So 
in a lot of ways, that's on the same level as McDonald's, but the experience is so much different. Because when you go there, you know you're gonna be treated with respect, people are gonna say my pleasure, they're gonna be dressed nicely, they're gonna be courteous, your order is usually gonna be right, where you can't always say that about McDonald's. And why is that? Because Chick-fil-A, has put a lot of effort into ensuring that they drill into their associates that you know this is how we treat a customer it's how we act in front of a customer and even to the point where they're not just handing out franchises left and right i mean we chick-fil-a could be 10 times the size as it is right now like mcdonald's but instead their franchisees yeah they go through a process that's like equivalent to a college player getting into the NBA or the NFL. You know, that they have to be focused 100% on that one Chick-fil-A franchise. They have to be all in. It's not just like a side hustle. It's not, they can't even, in 99.9% .9 of cases, these franchisees only have one location because Chick-fil-A knows that if they're involved 100% and if they've handpicked these people that they can control the brand, the brand promise, you know, which is you're gonna get quality food made well, delivered by associates who care and so on. And so that's why when think of Chick-fil-A, that's what we get. So it's similar to your brand. You know, I've got this podcast, for example. And for the past year plus, it's been a side gig. It's been something that has evolved over the time that we've been doing it, and, you know and in some ways devolved maybe, <laughs> you know? And I haven't been able to give it the attention that I would like. You know, I'm sporadic with my social posts about it. And I'm all over the place when I do post something. You know, if anything, they're, my social posts are consistently boring. You know, because I only have so much time to dedicate to this, so, you know, there, there were two or three early on where I spent some time to actually kind of create some limited animated things and, and those got the best response and kind of embodied what I wanted my brand to embody, which was some, you know, irreverence yet, uh, you know, some what's the term, like brutalist design where it's kind of cut out paper and, you know, just kind of rough around the edges, but it's obviously intentional. And then, you know, there's some level of sincerity and um, authenticity, you know, all those things. But instead, I find myself of late looking like everyone else who has a middle of the road podcast where it's like, okay, let's just grab a quick clip. Um, maybe it makes sense, maybe it doesn't, but at least we've got something out there. 
right? Because you think it's a numbers game. But nine times out of 10, I put those jokers on freaking YouTube shorts, and guess what? They don't do well. Surprise, surprise. They, they may even get zero views, you know? Whereas these ones that uh, are actually entertaining and I put some time into, you know, people wanna watch that. And so that's kind of overall what I'm trying to get at. You know, if you, if you have an idea of who you are, who, how you want people to perceive you, it's like you've got to define that, okay? Like, I'm someone who's lighthearted, I'm someone who's easygoing, I dress down most of the time, I am unassuming, yet I'm fun and likable. And when you're talking about my work ethic, I'm reliable, I'm fast, and the quality is, you know, top shelf, right? Let's say that's what I wanted to try to project. Look at this, I'm, uh, I'm destroying my brand right now <laughs> by stepping all over my freaking words, right? Um, but hey, that's the the approachable, vulnerable side of the brand. So we're, we're gonna keep it. So, you know, once you've defined that, who you are, who your company is, how you want others to perceive it, well, then it's a matter of looking at, okay, what, every time I have a touch point with another person or a prospect or the masses because I've created some visual that I'm gonna put on social media. Every time that happens, I've gotta go through my checklist of does this meet the level of quality that I wanna convey? Um, does this have the education factor? You know, will people find this interesting? And so forth. And if it doesn't meet those things, then you've got to ask yourself, okay, am I willing to compromise on my brand promise a little bit? You know, to get this out there just to kind of check the box. And obviously, I've been willing to make that compromise up to this point. But going forward, as I go 100% in to my own thing, you know, an agency of one, which includes this content creation, which is the podcast, the YouTube channel, the edutainment type of stuff, then, you know, no more. I started it, and in the past I talked about how important it is to just start something. You know, you, you've been prompted, inspired, nudged, however you want to say it, to go out and do this thing. So rather than making sure that everything's perfect and you're going to do it right, you're going to hit the ground running perfectly, just get started. You know, in the end, that's, that's the important thing because a brand can evolve, especially when we're talking at this level. You know, it's, it's a lot harder for like a McDonald's to go from fast food to high-end cuisine 
and make that shift with the same you know brand they, they would have to completely reinvent themselves um, but at this level a creator die you know relatively well not even relatively it's small <laughs> it's a small tiny insignificant I'll say it, brand right now but if I don't want that to be the case forever then I iterate you know I fail fast and like I've said in the past and I heard it somewhere and I think it's great is you can't steer a parked car right so the fact that we've got that moment momentum we're taking advantage of the moment but we've got momentum we're moving forward we make a mistake we see a, a hurdle coming up we can steer we can we can weave you know we can navigate ourselves around that obstacle and so for me personally that's where I'm at I'm going from just a part-time 20% of my time type of a focused to 100% of my non-family personal time is dedicated to the create or die brand the umbrella that is content creation you know design consulting edutainment which falls under the content creation yeah so think about it you know this is one dude's opinion based on a bunch of other people's opinions and tried and true truths if you will how can you apply this to yourself to what you're doing and and think about how do you want others to perceive you and so I'm going to give you some tactical stuff now like some things that you can just go and do so we talked about social media you know video clip making sure that you've taken the time and you're being intellectually honest with yourself that hey this is either something I would watch or I wouldn't and I'm embarrassed to put this up or or what you know but it's like think about what it is you're doing so it can be as simple as this so let's say I'm a designer and I'm working at a tech company and you know the dress code is pretty flexible you can seriously dress down or you can dress pretty classy either way it's acceptable so you're a designer but you want to be the creative director you want to convey to the CMO the other VPs around you or whatever that you should be taken serious well what does that look like you know look at it from the outside in you know how does a creative director dress how do they um, conduct themselves you know are they opinionated do they always just kind of him and haw and go with the flow um, do they take chances you know what does that look like and you've, you've got to decide that for yourself you know and it's going to be different in, in every situation 
But there is something to be said about dress for success, right? And that is part of branding. It's like, if you start doing the job that you want, then relatively quickly, people are gonna envision you in that position. They're gonna be like, yeah, that person has the attributes we're looking for. They've demonstrated it. It's a no-brainer. I'd be, I'd be dumb not to put that person in that position. Um, <clears throat> so dress for success. That's that's one way you can do it with a personal brand. It's a similar thing with your business. You know, your website. That's like your clothing. I mean, that's what people look at you from afar and judge you on and it's not always you know let's dig deep pull back the layers is the content really meaty and and you know deliver on the promise instead it's just like from a i hate to say it a superficial place you know either this website conveys professionalism it looks contemporary it um, speaks to the right audience you know because a, a website that's gonna work for a tech company that look and feel that design is not necessarily gonna work for uh, bespoke you know handcrafted you know furniture company there can there can be some overlap but in the end it's gonna be different just like me dressing for success as a creative leader would look different than a lawyer dressing for success. Okay. So there you go. Dress for success, be it personally, your website, every visual that you create is the dressing, the window dressing of your store, of your business, you know, Nowadays in this digital world, it really is like this display window is, you know, you've got a few seconds, someone comes to your website or they see a social ad, that's a peek into, into this world. Just like the physical stores, you know, FAO Schwartz, um, Selfridges in uh, England, you know, what does that window display look like and how can it pull me in? So do your thumbnails pull your viewers into your video? You know, again, looking at myself, I would say nine times out of 10, no, <laughs> because it's just been a exercise of let's do something that's good enough. Because one of my aphorisms is done is better than perfect. And that can get you in trouble, but it can also pay the bills. So there's balance. You know, what else? Uh, well, your work ethic. Whether you're an individual or you're a team that's part of a bigger company or you're a business, like we talked about with uh, Chick-fil-A, you know, or, or in and out you know, you see into the kitchen in those places, people are hustling, they're uh, working quick, they're dressed sharply, they're treating you 
respectfully you can tell that they're doing everything that they can to give you the customer the best experience so how does that apply to someone who's a creative right if you're someone who thinks so highly of themselves that your time is so sacred that you you know push people off or um, or you're you don't keep your commitments you're you know someone asks you to do something you forget about it and I'm not saying this from a soapbox I've made all these mistakes time and time again even recently heaven forbid you know and, and because it, it can honestly it can happen things mistakes happen but what do you do to remedy those those are all part of the brand that you're building you know when someone thinks of you or your business or your department do they think oh those people are great to work with or I know when I need something delivered on time on budget at top shelf quality are they talking about you your brand your business that's something you have to ask yourself you know and, and that's assuming that's what you want you know there are some brands out there that are like you know purposefully hard to work with or put off this air and arrogance of being better than and that's because they don't want to appeal to the masses they or they want to create some kind of you know air about them or yeah they're they're hard to work with but man the quality is is just amazing and so you know just know that if you're in a hurry you don't go with this person or if you're on a tight budget or timeline yeah you don't go with with this group but if you want something that's just crazy coming from left field um, avant-garde kind of stuff then yeah you go with this person and they're a tormented soul and that's part of their mystique personally I found that that's pretty hard to pull off <laughs> and usually um, people who do that are um, you know their their light shines brightly for a short time and then maybe you know it's like those artists of the past like Van Gogh who you know was kicking against the I forget the term the pricks kicking against the pricks and creating an art style that wasn't desirable at the time and so he couldn't have been a commercial artist I mean back then it was like you're a portrait artist famous wealthy people they want their portrait painted because there's no such thing as cameras and or photography and you know this is how you do it and everybody might capture it slightly differently you know so the, the best you know somehow capture a likeness that isn't even seen it's felt you know but Van Gogh had these rough 
strokes that were intentionally not perfect and his subjects were of those of the lower class working people they weren't posed you know um, and so yeah all of his success came after his death which you know I don't know about you but that's not not what I'm going for so I think I've uh, beat this dead horse uh, pretty vigorously at this point <laughs> so I hope that helps you know those are some of my thoughts on brand some tactics on how you can maybe do some things on your end without you know hiring a brand specialist or, or, or anything to help kind of nudge the vision the image that people have of you or your brand in their minds and there's obviously a lot more you can do and it's just a concert of of things you know and again I apologize for my lack of vocabs today but hopefully you've been able to take the knowledge nugs here within and make something of it <laughs> and so again I thank you for joining me on what has been another episode of Create or Die. So until next time, my friends, just keep on creating. Create or die. <laughs>